In Japan, 28% of the population is over the age of 65. And healthcare costs continue to rise. So much so that the medical cost per capita in Japan is four times as much for the older generation. In an environment where we just can't build more hospitals and hire more healthcare workers, technology can play a role in addressing this increasingly challenging problem. Well, today I'm in Tokyo, Japan, and I'm speaking to Shinya Yamamoto. He's a startup mentor, clinical research innovation professor, and futurist, helping startups address the biggest issues in Japan society, including healthcare. And in this episode, we talk about the healthcare opportunities and challenges in Japan. We learn how emerging technologies can address these issues, and some advice for entrepreneurs and startups wanting to enter the Japanese market. Collaboration starts with the conversation team, Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or 10 minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, featuring content and community about technology and healthcare. We acknowledge the traditional owners of lands these conversations were recorded and pay respect to elders past and present. Shinya, thanks so much for joining. Thank you. Thanks so much for reaching out to me. Yeah. Well, well, hey, look, and you've brought me into your office here in in Tokyo, in Japan, and it's definitely the first um, interview we've done in Tokyo, in Japan. So I'm I'm honored to be here to have a conversation with you on the Talking Health Tech podcast. Can you first introduce yourself? Tell us who you are and what you do. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for visiting my incubation, Nictocubic Tokyo. So my self-introduction, so my actually academic background is a chemistry and a molecular biology for master. But uh, I received the PhD degree in my in uh, technology and innovation management. So I do actually a lot of activities currently, but uh, I do work as a professor at the two medical schools and also at the two business school mm-hmm. in Tokyo. So I have uh, my class for MBA, you know, class uh, for students like uh, leadership or entrepreneurship and also global management. But uh, also I do research for clinical research and also uh, innovation management mm-hmm. or science for innovation policy uh, to closely working with the government, central government, mm. and also a local government as well. How we can create a new technology startup company or science-driven uh, tech company. And then my, I have been working for the biopharmaceutical industry more than 20 years, mm. uh, studying for the clinical trial or clinical research-related operation. 
So my activities are originally focusing on the healthcare、uh, industry, especially for the technology or science startup company.、Mm-hmm. But currently, it's expanding to the other area or field. And then I created、uh, this, my own private incubation、uh, here in Shibuya, Yoyogi. And then you are here now. And then Uh, trying to create a small project with、uh, you know, my community member. Those projects h a s been you know, more than 60 projects since I started this incubation、uh, about、uh, less than two, two years、uh, period. Currently, we have already registered、uh, 10 companies in Tokyo here. So, Those,、uh, those companies' are revenue are very much positive、uh, currently. So, my activity, I can say, as a keyword, probably governmental activity and also central and local and also industry, especially for the startup.、Yeah. And also academic research, especially for innovation management or clinical research. And then, my dream or challenge is creating such startup ecosystem from here. How to create an impactful you know, technology startup company from such small incubation rather than big organization or you know, big innovation?、Yeah. I'm interested too on that, especially as you've got such vast experience across healthcare in the biopharmaceutical space and You know, you mentioned 60 projects through 10 organizations coming through the incubator here. Yeah. And, and you emphasize this point about doing it through、um, a, a small incubator and these startups coming through. You know, wh- why do you see that as important that it, that it comes from somewhere small as opposed to being the large organization? Yes. Okay. This is actually a good, good question. So, in my academic research field,、uh, we call、uh, innovators dilemma.、Mm-hmm. At the big organization. Maybe you know the,、uh, this、uh, theory from、yeah. uh, San Francisco, but this one is not only at the company. Everywhere, like a governmental organization, hospital, or incubation as well. In our current era, the lots of data on the technology are like ready. But、uh, this is not a labor intensive model, right?、Mm-hmm. So, Big organization is no more very much critical at this point. But、uh, from the perspective of、uh, innovator's dilemma, as small as possible organization, of course, enables to manage quickly and then make a decision, of course, quickly. Yes. And then we can move forward and then flexibly. And then we can start from the very, very small project. Not related to always revenue or profit.、Yeah. We don't need to think about that, right? It's like a, as a hobby,、yeah. as a crowd,、mm. right? As a community. So, this is definitely related to a Web3 or a DAO, decentralized autonomous organization、uh, project in near, near future. So, I do believe such small incubation will be, I think,、uh, very much effective、mm. uh, in all, I think, industries. Yeah. I, I like that. I like the fact that, you know, th- around this point, that the smaller organizations can be more nimble and、um, pe- potentially it's not, you know, there's no 
competitive advantage in being so large, if anything, that might mean that the innovation perhaps could be slower. I'd love to learn, like dig a little bit deeper to understand more about the Japanese ecosystem, particularly in relation to healthcare. What are some of these big problems that need to be solved within mm-hmm. the healthcare industry in Japan? So the healthcare industry, uh, of course, there are many types of, uh, you know, company or business, but the main business is, uh, as you know, the biopharmaceutical industry, mm-hmm. especially for the pharma, so the drug. This industry, this the industry is the biggest actually. Right. And then our in pharmaceutical industry is uh, really traditional because we have uh, many pharmaceutical companies, but the all uh, traditional one, mm. like the his- their history are more than 50 years old or 80 years, something like that. But a very less technology startup company, like a pharmaceutical or medical device right. or biotech like this. So this is a totally different from, for example, US or you know China mainland, Singapore, Australia. Mm. So very much stable, but uh, no like new challenge or new startup company has mm-hmm. been created. The reason why. We have a huge social insurance system mm-hmm. for medication. Okay. So we don't need to pay 100% to the hospital anytime. The government will pay on behalf of us, like a 70% or sometimes 80% more than uh, 65, uh, 70 years old, something like this. In that case, the such big social insurance system have been, has been helping this industry. Mm. So no need to challenge, no need to make an innovation, no need to like, uh, you know, make a big competition with, uh, you know, US pharma or, yeah. you know, uh, other countries pharma. Because there's always a guarantee. Always guaranteed by government. Yeah. So this is also another dilemma for the innovation actually. But, uh, but this is for, as a patient, or maybe people at, of, of this country, this is actually advantage, right? But uh, for the perspective of uh, innovation, this is like a dilemma or, uh, you know, how to say, this advantage actually yeah. for the people or company. Well, I could imagine that it's, we're in a situation, as I understand anyway, in Japan where, you know, the uh, uh, aging population is becoming so significant that yeah. with that also brings additional costs. So that, that current system yeah. then that, you know, those over a particular age get all the, the social security. Mm. That's something that uh, all, all the payments through through healthcare. That that's a, a system that's getting bigger and bigger and more and more mm. expensive. Yeah. So um, it's really time to innovate to try and either drive down some of those costs or deliver care in a different way. I mean, yeah, you know? yeah, that's uh, true. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of those technologies then that you think that will um, uh, assist in driving innovation in the healthcare industry? Not. This is not only in Japan, but uh, also our industry, especially for the pharma mm. or medical device, especially for the clinical research or trial industry, yeah. very much labor-intensive you know, operation, mm. as you know. So we need uh, you know, more uh, digitalization or digitization, power to uh, digital transformation, of course, 
but the kindly artificial intelligence, like a large language model, and then data platform from patient directly throughout the such wearable device, IoT or sensor. Yeah. And uh, also like a SaaS platform to optimize our labor intensive operation mm. as a decentralized clinical trial. <laughs> uh, this is a new, you know, big trend yep. from uh, US, but uh, this is kind of like a Uber or maybe Amazon. Mm -hmm. We have uh, still wet and then, you know, dry operation or workflow, but uh, both is very much important. But uh, most, most important things is how we can optimize those complicated uh, operation, mm. like uh, logistics or, uh, you know, human operation, like a surgery, yeah. or maybe patient visit from their house home to, uh, you know, hospital. So maybe this is a new challenge, but also most, most, you know, valuable future mm. in our industry. And then Japan has just started such discussion, including a government industry and also academia. Mm. So I think uh, this from this year, you know, such discussion will be, you know, very much you know, attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to people. I was going to say, do, do you feel like, you know, the, the current climate of, you know, government or, or uh, big institutions are really interested in engaging with startups in Japan? Is is that kind of, that's the, the direction? That we're yes. Going? Yes. Yeah. So this is actually one of my research topic at the uh, university yeah. as an innovation management. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness. 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or ten minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. For example, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when I was like student, the government has never, you know, been interested in such, you know, startup business mm -hmm. because they thought startup business is inefficient mm -hmm. compared to big company. Mm -hmm. Because big, if a big company couldn't do this, startup, of course, cannot, something like it. Mm -hmm. But uh, currently, like, since five years ago, maybe less than 10 years ago, our central government and the local government as well, they are keen to create, uh, you know, a startup company mm. 
for their economy, maybe better environment for social, you know, infrastructure. Right. And also maybe、uh, job opportunity for people. And also like a career path for the students and also like a researcher,、mm-hmm. like a PhD holder, medical doctor as well. So I can say that currently Japanese local government is really, really, a central government as well, really, really keen to you know, support、mm-hmm. such technology startup company. Then, especially for healthcare, very much important for them.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a good time to be、uh, a, an entrepreneur or an innovator in Japan if you're interested in solving some of those healthcare problems. What about if you're an、um, organization from outside of Japan, perhaps those startups in Australia or the US or anywhere in the world that、um, perhaps have an existing solution? You know, you mentioned. Um, opportunities with artificial intelligence, large language models and、mm. wearables, and、um, you know, all the clinical trial space. There's organizations looking to solve these problems around the world. What advice、um, or recommendations do you have for those that are looking to、uh, enter, say, the market in Japan or other parts? Yes, yes. So, this is actually not only for the healthcare industry,、mm. but、uh, I can strongly say currently, like, Since five years ago, maybe saying less than 10 years ago, many entrepreneurs or investors from outside of Japan、mm. have been coming to Tokyo or Osaka,、mm. like Japan, to start their startup company or business from here、okay. or with their company,、uh, country.、Mm. So, the reason why, of course, governmental support has been you know,、uh, getting bigger. But also, this is a huge, huge opportunity because Japanese market is、uh, still big, right?、Mm. In, the, in the world.、Sure. But、uh, no one couldn't develop for the global market, actually. For example, started from Tokyo or、uh, Japan, the healthcare related、uh, technology startup company, they are, of course, keen to get. Achieve an IPO, for example. But always they think about the in Tokyo fast market or growth market.、Hmm. Never think about the Singapore or Hong Kong or NASDAQ,、hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then they always see the customer、uh, in, Japan, in Japan, not trying to get outside as a Japan oriented startup company to get the global market. But、uh, of course, I have been closely working with. Many technology startup companies in globally, right?、Mm. Australia as well,、uh, Singapore as well, China mainland as well,、uh, Taiwan, uh, Hong Kong,、uh, any other company like、uh, from Vietnam or Thailand as well.、Mm. And we want from the scratch, of course, make a strategy to how to get the global market,、mm. not within、uh, their own nation, right? right? Of course, this is the reason why you know, other companies, a country's market is、uh, smaller than here. But、uh, China mainland is not, right?、Mm. So, this is like、uh, our mindset. Maybe same、mm, topic to the social insurance system. We, it's like a big advantage you know,、mm. brought by government.、Yes. And then we always work with、uh, only Japanese companies or Japanese people, right?、Mm. Then, I started my own business here, bridging 
product or service from outside of Japan to Japan market. Mm-hmm. Because there has been no such agent or uh, people yeah. who can bridge between Japan market and the others. Yes. So in this in that case, of course, entrepreneurs from US, Australia, Singapore, China mainland, if they can be here in Tokyo or Osaka, this is big chance. Even they don't speak Japanese, they can bridge from US or Singapore or Australia, right? Yeah. So such big trend had just started from since five years ago or yeah, yeah. Yeah, some years ago. That's really exciting, and and it's it's cool that I'm able to speak to you because you know you're you're doing that right now, bringing those organizations from outside of Japan and helping them through that process. Because if you were to do that cold, it, it I I can't see how that would be successful. So having that partner locally mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense, and that resonates quite um, deeply with me in terms of uh, in Australia. We often talk about if you're an Australian health tech organization, you've got to be building with global in mind, even mm. though if you're solving problems yeah. for an Australian market, then what, where's that opportunity outside of that? So um, lastly, then if there are those um, looking to then enter the um, the market in Japan, uh, you know, you mentioned you've got quite a diverse portfolio of healthcare organizations that you work with. What kind of companies or all the, the problems that they're solving are you really hoping to speak to or are you excited about, you know, in the coming 6 to 24? Who should be reaching out to you to learn? Ah, uh, okay. This is actually a good question. And then I hope, and then I always open my door to talk with anyone as an innovator mm-hmm. from anywhere. But uh, especially for healthcare industry, we really need a technology uh, like uh, artificial intelligence or data platforms, SaaS, wearable device, IoT, mm. sensor, right? So if someone who has su- such technology, I really would like to discuss yeah. uh, together. But uh, not only technology, for example, uh, some new approach as an operation or a service model or uh, maybe data platformer from, for example, Australia, mm. even Australian uh, patient data is really important for, you know, Japan or other yeah. countries, right? So, uh, at, and also hospital, like my organization. So collaboration or partnership with a local hospital would be also very much valuable. Mm. So big company as well. If big organization is difficult to make uh, innovation quickly, mm. it's okay. They can collaborate with small organizations like startup or incubation, right? Mm. So we can also uh, talk to such, uh, I think, a traditional or a big company as well. Anyway, who are interested in the Japan market, uh, please you know, reach out to uh, maybe Peter or myself. Mm. And then we can talk about the new collaboration model yeah. between Australia and the Japan or including other countries. Yeah. yeah. That sounds exciting. We'll put the details for you, Shinya, in the show notes of this episode so people can uh, reach out and continue that conversation. I really appreciate you making the time to have a chat with me here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Peter. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact... If you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, 
I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks, and I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talking Health Tech. Make sure you like and subscribe and share this episode with someone who might find it valuable. For more information and resources about healthcare innovation, visit talkinghealthtech.com.